0: Back to Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com. Got these nice little beats coming in, man. You know, Rico. Rico, Rico Suave. Rico. Okay, Rico. Rico. It's a softball game, man. We appreciate that, man. Making it sound good. Coming back off the break, Jay Foreman. Austin 316 AO as we like to call them, <laughs> Kenny Wilhite, old school. We dived into the women's final four, had our picks, talked about team dynamics, what it's like to win a big game, what we wish the Huskers can uh, do this year, and in, in uh, multiple to or multiple ways and times this year, uh, especially for the kids. You know, these, I think the coaching staff they've won enough, and that obviously they their payoff is seeing the kids being successful. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason why the coach. I wanted to ask you, Kenny. In um, particular, I always say that when you need a kickstart season or a foundation or a culture-building season, you got to kind of win a game that you normally would lose, right? Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion. And this year, obviously, obviously having a coaching or coaching changes, you know, any game would have been that. But I felt like the the Rutgers game, where the offense in the first half was horrible. I mean I think they they hit they hit they, they hit Casey it seemed like every every play. Every and they play. and it was clean shots. Yes. Though. But I think the ability to for the defense to with to, to hold hold their head above water, like I like to say. Offense come back and obviously get the lead. But I want to focus on in and, and your get into your experience of that last four minutes and the coaching staff, Mickey and the coaching staff, Bill Bush as well, because he's a defensive coordinator and especially special teams court, talk about the, the ability to kind of – I call it small ball, but it's really using the clock. Mm-hmm. And talk about the difference that was made in order to do so. And it, granted, it doesn't have anything to do with this year. Or, you know, I think it does just based on, you know, having some, you know, coachable kids back. But when you're talking about the Final Four, those are, those are how you – you know, closing out a basketball game is no different than closing out a football game. It's no, coaching. It, and it's, it's – situational football, situational basketball. So I want to ask you about that game in particular, or first I want to ask you, am I right with the assumption that's a game that even with Mike Riley was around and sometimes both, that's a game that it would be a sleepy game and mm-hmm. you kind of lose or not really play well.
1: Well, it, it's, it's, it's a combination of coaches, coaches, coaching, right. And not stop coaching. Right. Um, Kids believing. You say, you expect to win. You know, there's been a lot of games where the the kids would have just quit, right? Or we would have lost. Now, at some point, we would have lost. lost right. The game was lost, right? And the kids would have would have tapped out. Tapped out. I think from the from the time that that Mickey took over, he had the kids believing that they could win. Now, why? it wasn't it, just it wasn't just saying it.
0: Okay, so the, okay, let's, let's okay, because listen here, MJ Sherman had a real good quote about Coach Rule. He said he's put a lot of faith in him, so he's believing in what he's saying, mm-hmm. and he barely knows that man. So a lot of the guys on the team barely knew Mickey. So I want you to expand on that, though. How can someone? I know because I've been a, a, a credit, but I can't. You know, we're yeah. trying to, you know, we're trying to, you know, Mi- talk Mickey. to Mickey. people like me better than we're talk Mi- about how though. Explain as fourth grade level as you can how he can come in there and get guys that have no reason to play and have every reason to go through the motions have every reason to come with injuries and 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 tap out the season you know what i'm saying they have Mm -hmm. they have every reason to quit because you had you could say hey look man you guys been through a lot the last you look you had two new coaches your head coach got fired that you guys you know that you've seen whether you liked them, loved them or indifferent he's gone defensive coordinator is gone tell us how mickey joseph and Matt, well, you can't speak for Matt Rule, but it, it's there's a correlation. So, just what's the three or four things that he did or does to get people to believe that quick?
1: For, for the first thing he did was brought every kid in individually and talked to him
0: during the season. During the season, and that was probably well, it helped out because it, it was their bye week. It right? was,
1: it was. He he brought every kid in and talked to him. Say, hey, I know you guys been through a lot. You know, but let's try to finish this season the best we the can. Best we can. Right. Let's let's pull together. You know, I I got your back. You know, b- believe in what the coaches are telling you, and let's go win some football games. Mickey, Mickey's won, so yeah, a winner easy coming easy. in telling you that he he's fresh off. You yeah, know, so he, it's, a year in the and re-
0: yeah, and he got two of the best
1: receivers, and in he the has league. two of the best receivers in the league. So his saying it. Is believable. Uh, The way he said it is believable.
0: You Because essentially for you people out there, there's an old saying, he's saying it with his chest out. Saying it with his chest out. And, And there is no wavering.
1: No. And then he changed, I wouldn't say changed, but the accountability part. Amped up. Amped up. The being where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, and he... Once he met with them all, they all knew where he was coming from and he knew where they were coming from. So now he can coach them all how he was coaching his receivers and they were okay with it, if you know what I mean. So he was going around from position to position. Mm. He was in the middle setting the ball between plays, blowing the whistle, in the middle talking smack between every play. Offense and defense. He so was actively coaching. He was actively coaching. He <laughs> was involved, and he and if somebody made a good play, he patted him on the back. If somebody made a bad play, he let them have it. But the kids respected that because he was actively involved. He right there with. You. He right there with him. So, yeah, so and then he made sure he held the coaches accountable too. You're responsible for your group. If your group aren't doing what they're supposed to, I'm I'm coming at you. Plain and simple, just that simple. So that's why he was able to get those that's kids. That when Nick we, Saban stuff right there. That's why he was able when we and and Ordron. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, but that's
0: that. Hey, I, hey, if you want to see somebody get King of Crunk, Nick Saban will get hype on his assistant coaches like no other. Yeah.
1: Now he didn't do it in front of the the the, the players with the we would go in staff meeting, staff and, he, meeting and, yeah. he would, and he would talk to them. but they saw that, and that's why when we go to Rutgers. Like I said, the previous three, four years in a game like that, at some point in time, you'd be like, we're going to trick this game off. Something's going to happen where we're going to trick this game off. And I always said the one word was karma. When you treat people the way you you were treating people. I call it the football guys. You say football guys, I say karma. It's, you know, so, but to watch them and and for them to finish that game the way they did, I knew we were going to win that game. When AG ran through, oh boy.
0: Start of the third quarter. Yeah. it. Yeah. When
1: he did that, I said, We're winning this game. I said, We were down. Yeah. But when he did that and just watched the sideline, the way they erupted, previously they wouldn't have done that. Yeah.
0: He would ran it was the, the whole
1: sideline, coaches, the whole, everybody. In previous games in that situation, if that would have happened, you'd probably have. Ten twenty 20 guys saying something or that's celebrating. Right. Does he is... even lower the shoulder like that in previous games? A guy like him, yes. Okay. A guy like him, yes, because that's the way he played the right. game. That's the way he plays the game. Right. Um you But when
0: – I ain't going tomorrow.
1: But when he did that and to watch the sideline erupt, I said, we're winning this game.
0: And was it a thing where – yeah, obviously, that play wasn't the game winning play, no. but it was. It was a tone. Tone set, It's kind of like I'm gonna knock all the nervousness out of the sideline, and I'm taking all your energy from there. From there.
1: Yeah, it, it was like he took all their energy, all and, their and it came to right. our sideline.
0: And just had, and we just we never relinquish, never relinquish,
1: yeah. relinquish it. So
0: yeah, I mean that's it. That's a that's a good insight there. I mean it's it, it's because when in the reason why I say it there's cor- it, Look, we're, everything's correlated. It, it's no different in Final Four how you pull out these games. Sometimes you got to make a play or and be big time be, players. And, and, and make big time plays, yep. but also you got to believe in the coach and the team to make a play at a certain, certain time, time because they've instilled the confidence in you through accountability, hard work, all during the week. And in this case, for these young ladies tonight, all the season. The whole season. Right. And so then – look, and and then it correlates to present day time because they're like, oh, you can't talk about last year. People say you can't talk about last year. Yeah, you can because there is correlation because, you know, when you have coaches that get relieved or whatever, there's still I, – I, still, I always say this. There was good coaches on that coaching staff. There was, you know, good people in the administration that are no longer here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That – did everything the right way, and it's just you're, you're a casualty of, you know, somebody that's higher than you. And so that's that can't be overstated. That can't be overlooked. You know what I mean? But I can say this. The correlation in present time is – and I can't say anything. I can't speak for Coach Rule, but I can only go with what MJ Sherman say, said. He said he – when he sat, he said he came here for the opportunity, which was obviously told to him and sold to him which obviously when you think of Georgia, which is going to have draft picks upon draft picks mm-hmm. here, you have two seniors gone or three seniors gone or three guys that have moved on to the draft. The opportunity is there just based on nobody else's plate. And you have a new staff, new system. But with the one thing that stuck in my mind from him um, was when he talked to Coach Rule, he put his faith in him. Mm-hmm. The heat, a kid ain't gonna. First of all, he had other options to go to. You know what I mean? He had other places. Look, he's a four or five guy, four or five forty guy, two hundred and some pounds. In the little time that he played, he makes him play. So you know, a transfer portal guy. He he just was. It wasn't only Nebraska or bust. So for him to put faith in to in the Matt Rule or Coach Rule or whatever, let you know at least on the surface, you know, because I wasn't in the. I know I know Mickey obviously more than him. Speaking to Mickey one time, you know he's down for the cause, straight up. Yep. Um, and you know he's a football coach all day long, and you know his credentials are second to none. With Matt Rule, I'm not it, I'm not getting recruited by him, but for him to say he has faith in Matt Rule, there is a correlation in theory or just in some form or fashion. Players believing in Mickey and finishing the season out, and all the things that Matt Rules or the accountability and all that toughness was Mickey was preaching, and what Matt Rules preaching, and you've seen Matt Rule do it come in and hold guys accountable, whether it's Anthony Grant, whether it's uh, Tommy, Hill. Tommy Hill or anybody else that we don't hear about that have been having to tighten up by the rules. It's not personal. It's just business, and this is how we are going to do it. And so when you start to hear more people say these words like faith and stuff like that, you you you're, you can kind of see some things that could, you know, be a positive in the future because we reason why we can think that because in some form or fashion, we've seen it be positive the last seven, eight games of the season for a team that had no – you know, you could have very easily been, um, you know, with the last few games, like when Mike Riley played. When the when the quarterback from Minnesota – I mean, I think it was three weeks in a row the off, an offensive player on an opposing team got Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. You know, you could have very easily just pretty much quit. They didn't – you know, the the, the the team didn't do it. None of the players did. They actually played harder. So – when you have a new coach and you start hearing players talk about faith, you start talking about opportunity, you start to hear players and, and, and say, look, it was an adjustment, but, you know, the accountability, you know, we've, we're have we starting to kind of, you know, not succumb to it, but be it's just a part of who who we are. Those are the things that if you're a fan out there and us as former players, we know that can, you know, lead to bigger things. Now, we, we can't say, oh, this is going to be, you know what, since this happened with MJ Sherman, it's seven wins. But if you start to get your, once you start to go over eighty to eighty-five percent of your roster, starting to say that and starting to believe it and starting to act like it, twenty-four-seven, not just when you're, you know, you, don't be on your best behavior when you come into the to the football facility. This is just your way of life. Then you will start to see a consistent team. Then you'll start to have the, the the seven eight wins. You'll act like the world's ending around here. You know what I'm saying? Then you'll be like, yeah, we should, you know, every year you'll be like, oh yeah. You know we're 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 going to be in, we're really going to be in the hunt, versus before we were the we were these type of we were these type of no seriously this is when we were on the hunt though, mm-hmm. not straight up and rightfully so, the roster looked good but there was something that was missing in in between which it was in between the the nut and bolts of a team to win which is like what you'll see tonight with the final four, with the ladies teams and with the men's here uh, tomorrow night are. The core principles of what their basketball programs and in this case our football program is being built on and was built on. It's no different. If Nebra, you know, here's what I'd say to people before we go to break and come back at this short one. If you think that say, just say, just say in three years, Nebraska ends up winning the West and either wins the Big Ten championship or, you know, losing the Big Ten championship, but then goes to a big time New Year's Day bowl and has a great season. Kind of like your first back on the map. If you think that it was done any different than the successful teams from the 2000s on prior 2000s 90s 80s 70s, and if they were successful in the 60s, then you then you you know what I can literally pee on you and tell you it's raining <laughs> straight up. <laughs> That's the honest to god truth. Because it, because if you it, it doesn't matter if you have like the Golden State Warriors, they're known as a shooting team, right? But what, are the, what, but what people don't give them credit for when they were winning those championships, they were top two or three in defense. defense. They were top two or three in rebounds. They were top, three, uh, top two or three in assisted turnover ratio. Yep. So at the end of the day, those principles of basketball hasn't changed. They're no different than when the Bulls win 72-10, and 10, right? Because that's what they were doing. Or the Houston Rockets. We, I mean, you're not going to just say, you know what, we're going you know to lead the nation in turnovers. We're going to be the worst tackling team, but we're just actually just going to, for 13, 14 games in a row, we're going to make one more play than the other team. It ain't going to happen. It ain't, ain't going to happen that way. It ain't going to happen that way. You won't win championships that way. You, and here's an example in NFL. You win off-season championships that you, way. You, you do. You win a lot You're, you're, you're paper you're uh, paper, paper chips. But here's here's an example in NFL. When I was first started – well, I always watch football, but when you kind of remember when fantasy football started taking off Austin way before your time, you'd have to read the papers, and then you'd have to have – you'd take your notebook and, you know, say who you got and then do your points. Well, at that time, I I had Warren Moon in the in, in, with their offense. But they – regular season, I'm winning – but, you know, I'm winning the regular season championships. So I'll get me 10 bucks or whatever. Well, you get to the playoffs – well then they wah, go wah, they wah, they wah, go wah. in the playoffs. Next thing you know, you know, heywood Heywood Je- Jeffries has two catches for fifteen yards, Warren Moon's got three picks. Well, here's the deal. Anthony Carter ain't yeah. done that. Right. No running game. Yep. No tackling on defense. No time of possessions. Less possession for that offense. People are game planning for you. Up jumps the cat, no championships. And so it's all it's all portable. It's all um there's all correlations, and so you know. Look, it's. I think you know. It, you know when you look at it, don't just look at the Final Four. If you really, and if you want, if you don't like watching women's basketball, I implore you. If you're a basketball fan, watching them play is actually, in my opinion, and in, in a lot of ways, easier and better to watch because they actually try to do the right things. If you if you need to move the ball against mm-hmm. the zone or drive and kick it, they actually try to drive and kick it with good passes they actually try to shoot with good shooting form versus sometimes you get some guys and I'll never forget Patrick Ewing when he took over and he asked that dude, "Have you worked on that shot?" Huh? The step back, double pump, fadeaway three. "Have you worked on that shot? How many times have you worked on no, that shot?" I didn't think so. So don't do it again. Right, but he learned it off YouTube. He, so yeah. Hey, YouTube sometimes is the is the king. Good second segment. We're going to come to a short segment here. Um I'm going to ask Kenny about what he would do since uh, Nebraska had their family night. Uh, if Kenny was doing his St. Louis, what he, what the spread would be if Kenny took over the team. And so, you know what? I'm bringing St. Louis, EI, EI, uh-oh, <laughs> to Lincoln, what his spread would be. Then we're going to talk at the top of the hour, men's final four. Then we're going to go off uh, only to the stream at 530. Jay Foreman, Austin, Kenny Wilhite, uh, Old School. We'll be right back.